Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good and faithful God. God, we thank you for your mercy and your love. And God, we, we just thank you that you, there's nothing that can separate us from your love, Lord God. And so God, as we uh, open up your word this morning and talk about um, Palm Sunday and what it means for us in this current time, God, I pray that you just open up our hearts and minds to your truth and your wisdom. And may it take root in our lives. And God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, like we said already, today is Palm Sunday. It is the beginning of Holy Week, the week leading up to Easter. And Palm Sunday is the celebration of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It marks the moment when Jesus was recognized as the coming king. And the significance the significance of his marching into Jerusalem was not lost on anyone present during that day. For they have all been waiting a long time for this day to come. And in fact, let's read from the Gospel of Luke, uh, his account of what happened that day. It says in Luke 19, if you got your Bibles, you want to open that up or on your Bible app, uh, go ahead and join us. We're going to be reading from Luke 19, verses 28 through 40. And the words will be up on the screen too, so... It says, after Jesus had said this, he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill of the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near to the place where the road goes down the mountain of olives, the crowd of the disciples began joyfully praise. God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who has come in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As I was preparing the sermon this week, I felt like the Lord was showing me something I've just tended to gloss over as I've studied this passage and read this passage over and over again. And it's that the Jewish people have been waiting for their Messiah for a really long time. In fact, this is part of the context is that Israel has been waiting centuries in anticipation of their Messiah King. A King who would, would re reclaim the throne, a king who would bring prosperity to Israel, a king who would defeat all their enemies, and a king who would rule with, over everyone with the power and authority of God, a king who would bring peace. Israel currently, in this passage, is being subjected to foreign rule and had been for over 400 years. Prior to John the Baptist, it had also been another 400 plus years since God had sent a prophet to speak to Israel. 
Oftentimes, the, uh, the space, the, the years in between the Old and the New Testament is called the silent years because of all of it. And I'm sure the Jewish people could have is easily felt like God had abandoned them. Wondering why God was allowing all this. Wondering when would they no longer be ruled by a foreign government. Wondering when it would all be over. Most of us can relate to the experience of waiting. All of us are currently going through it right now as I speak. <laughs> as we wait to see what happens next with this pandemic. I know I was bummed <laughs> when I heard the announcement this week, but also appreciative because I know it's necessary for the greater good. But I was bummed. I was looking forward to it being Easter week and being able to get out and go hiking and see my friends and come and worship with you all here at church. And so I was bummed. Waiting is tough. <laughs> and most of us, we wonder how long this pandemic is going to last. We wonder, when are we going to be able to visit our friends and our loved ones again? We wonder, what's going to be canceled next? What's going to be interrupted in our lives? We wonder if school's even going to start back up this year. We wonder if we're going to even have a job after this whole thing is over. And some of us have even lost our job already. We wonder if we are going to make it. Are we going to be okay? Is our loved ones going to be okay? What we are going through isn't easy, and it's tough. This pandemic has disrupted most of our lives. But like Israel before Jesus' triumphant entry, we are in a season of waiting. Waiting is tough, especially when it's so uncertain. While we don't have an option to choose to wait or not right now, we do have a choice on how we wait. And I think there are several ways that we can learn to wait well during this season as followers of Jesus Christ. The first is this. Let our actions speak of our love. Jesus sets the example as a humble servant we see this in his triumphal entry as Jesus humbly enters the city on a colt. And he humbly lets others proclaim who he is. He didn't come in like a conquering king on a horse with this huge parade and yelling and saying he was king. He let the disciples who were praising God acknowledge that he is the king. Jesus also preferred to let his actions reveal his identity. We see this in his examples of the miracles that he performed and the way he cared and served others for those around him. People were in awe of Jesus. We need to be like Christ while we wait. The church needs to be a community, not just of testimony and words right now, but of service and love among whom we seek to reach. Not just us as the body of Christ, but also others outside of the church, our neighbors, our friends, the people across the street that we never talk to. But in this time, maybe we should yell across the street and just say, hey, how are you doing? As we continue to wait, we'll discover that many of our resources and methods we have used are suddenly unavailable to us. 
But the most essential resource is still available to all of us right now. And that is being able to serve others in love. The, ra- the reality is that God has called us to a time like this, given us a mission so that that is to serve those around us, whether it be people from our church, our neighbors, or our own families. That is one of the major reasons that we launched our Helping Hands ministry last week, along with our emergency fund, to help people who are in need connect with those who can help provide help. In fact, we would love for you to connect on our website right now and sign up for that. If you, if you want to labor in love, sign up as I'm willing to help. And if you have a need, don't be ashamed. Put it, get on there and get the help that you need. We are the body of Christ. We need to be helping out. And I know most of you guys, a lot of you guys have already started. Many of you have sewn masks for our healthcare workers and our community. You guys have been running meals to other people. You guys have been donating money for those who are in need. Reaching out to your neighbors, asking people how they're doing, checking up on people. You guys are getting it. You're killing it. Keep it up. Keep going strong, for we have a while left. For some of you, this might be a season where you need help. And that's okay. There is no shame in that. This pandemic has hit us hard. And we are here to serve each other, and that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ. As when one of us is hurting, we come around each other. And I know that's more difficult being socially distanced from each other, but there's so many ways that we can continue to connect and serve one another during this time. So if you need help, please reach out. We're here here for you. The next way that we can wait well is by trusting in the Lord. This is easier said than done. Not because God is untrustworthy, but because we ourselves often get in the way. We often think we know better or we forget the promises that God has given us through his word. Promises like, I will never leave you or forsake you. Or in Matthew 6, 31 through 34, it says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Or where's our teepee? (laughs) For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. God gives us these promises to remind us that he is a good father and is for us, not against us. Lean into the trust, into trusting God during these times. It is important because you might not be able to see what he is doing behind the scenes. This takes us back to our story of the triumphal entry. During the 400 years of science pro- silence prior to this, uh, God was working behind the scenes. No prophet had spoken to Israel, but things were at work. And often some of the circumstances that Israel would have complained about God was using to pave the way for Jesus Christ. The Roman Empire had established a road system from Europe into the Middle East, all the way into Egypt. 
And along this road, there were towers every mile or so, making this, tra- this travel safe for the first time. So you were able to take caravans and not worry about bandits and people robbing you on your way on a long journey. So this revolutionized trade and travel. And with it, a common trade language was developed in Greek. So for the first time, many different countries were able to have a common language to communicate with each other. And so both of these developments helped the disciples and paved the way for Jesus' ministry, and most importantly, paved the way for the disciples to spread the good news that he has risen. We're not always capable of seeing what God is up to behind the scenes, but we should trust in the one who made the heavens and the earth. I know this from personal experience. In fact, I wouldn't be here preaching to you today had it not been for a super bad experience in my life. When I was growing up, my parents started a business. Uh, my dad worked uh, in glass. He did shower doors and mirrors and, um, and new construction and windows and things of that nature. And so he opened his business when I was in junior high. And instantly, I'm working for my dad because I love my dad. And pretty soon, my mom quits her job and starts working for the family company too. And my life trajectory at the moment was, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go get an associate degree in business. And I'm going to take over the family business when my dad's ready. And until then, I'm going to be a glazer and work the jobs. And so I was excited about that. I liked doing that. I liked working with my family. I took great pride in that. But then during my 11th grade year of high school, unfortunately, my dad's business went bankrupt. And all of a sudden, when I should be thinking about what's the next stage in my life, applying for colleges and all this stuff, my trajectory of working for the family business, suddenly got derailed. And not only that, me and my family are put in circumstances that I've never experienced before until this. When both my parents don't have a job, I didn't have a job. My sister was too young to have a job. It was tough. And I wondered where God was at or how he could allow this to happen and on a personal level, I was, what, what am I supposed to do with my life now? And so the following years, I just, I gave up. I, I continued to believe in God, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And so it came my senior year, and all my friends are taking, you know, applying for colleges and talking about where they would like to go. And I'm, I'm just coasting, taking all the easy classes in my senior year, enjoying my senior year. <laughs> I ended up taking a gap year, and that's when God called me into ministry during that time off. But I never would have even contemplated that had not my plans been derailed by bad circumstances. Trusting in God is letting go of your own expectations of him. Israel had certain expectations of God, too, and how God should work. Israel thought the Messiah was going to be a warrior king. But Jesus came as a humble, gentle servant. Israel thought the Messiah was going to conquer all their enemies, but Jesus came to conquer sin and the grave. God flipped it upside down. What Christ did was greater than any of them, what they could have expected. So trust in the Lord, realizing he is God and we are not. And the last w- way that we can wait well 
is by rejoicing in the waiting. It's easy to see why Israel rejoiced when they saw Jesus riding on a donkey like the prophet Zechariah had foretold. They had been waiting for so long, and when they saw him come down, they finally were like, our Messiah has arrived. The, prof- the prophecy has been fulfilled. So they were filled with joy, and they joined with the disciples in praising God for Jesus. But I want to challenge us to also rejoice in the waiting. It's easy to rejoice when things are going well. It's easy to rejoice when you feel like you're getting blessed and everything is going your way. It's so easy. But it's harder when things aren't working out. I got one more story for you about how I've seen this come to fruition. It was very impactful for me. When I was serving up in Alaska as a youth pastor, we took a mission trip to western Alaska where we served a remote village and we were painting elders' homes in the village. A lot of them were elderly. They couldn't paint, and uh, a lot of the other village, villagers weren't taking care of their homes for them. And so we came in, uh, and we're painting homes. And so we'd been there for a couple days, and this was a dry village because a lot of the native Alaskan villages are either wet or dry, when, whether they allow alcohol or not. And this was a dry village, and somehow somebody had gotten a shipment of alcohol into the community that and one night, somebody got drunk and murdered their uncle. And we were there. Didn't know that happened until the next morning. And there was a hush in the village. As we gathered our supplies to go paint homes, we got some weird looks as we rode our ATVs to the site. And soon we got word of what happened that, e- that previous evening. And we immediately stopped work to respect the customs of the village. And we went back to the church that we were staying at. But we got an invitation that day, none like I've ever experienced before. We got an invitation to come to the home of the recently deceased and do a hymn sing. I'm like, what's a hymn sing? (laughs) I'd never even experienced that before. And part of their culture and part of the way that they grieve is so beautiful. They gather in a home, they pack people in, they drink tea and coffee, and they just sit around with hymnals and sing praises to God. At such a tragic time, they're lifting their voices to the Lord, praising Him, asking Him to see them through, sharing stories of the person who's just died, and then singing again. This was so impactful for me because I had never experienced anything like this in my life. Some, some, a pit of despair being in this place where I couldn't even imagine. I was like, man, if I had somebody that close to me pass away, I don't think I could sit there and praise the Lord. I think I would be angry, especially if they were murdered. But they sang what I saw was while singing in that kind of strife and struggle, it attunes your heart to the Lord. And you're reminded of his hopes and his promises. You're reminded, reminded of his love and his goodness. And there's something about singing together that just makes the soul well. It was beautiful. 
And so I want to encourage you guys right now to sing and rejoice in this waiting. When things are tough and when things are grim, that that isn't a time to sit in a pit of self-pity, but to glorify God and let him, through song, bring you out. So as we pause and reflect this week on the life of Christ and what he's done for us, let us live our, out our waiting well. God has called us for such a time as this, brothers and sisters. He's called us to let our actions speak of our love. He's called us to, let our, to trust in the Lord, and he's called us to rejoice in the waiting. And when we're done with this, Family, when we're done, when we're done waiting, I want to throw the biggest party ever for our church in celebration, but we can still rejoice now. But we have that to look forward to, and it's, it's very similar to just the, like the, the hope that we have when we get to commune with God in heaven, that we get to gather again, and we get to worship God together as the body of Christ, and it will be glorious. But until that time, let our voices not grow faint. Let our love not dry down. Let us trust in the Lord and continue to lean into him during our time. Will you please join me in prayer? God, we thank you that you are God that sees us through. And that you are over all this, despite our circumstances. That you are sovereign. And you are still worthy of our praise despite what is going on. That you are still there and faithful. And so God, I pray for the hurting right now. Those who are sick in our community, those who are worried, I pray that you would release them of their anxiety. Lord, those who are struggling, God, lift them up. Breathe a fresh air of life into them. And God, for those here hearing of this hope for the first time, God, I pray that if they are compelled to draw into a relationship with you, God, I pray that they would give their life to you in this very moment and they would just pray that you would be the Lord of their life. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.